welcome in to another episode of the West Life Podcast. I am your host, Josh Barnett, and we are brought to you by Holman Barnes Group, which includes West Ashfield Leagues, the best place to watch the games. That's both men and women back-to-back on uh, Sunday afternoon. So how good is this? The, the double header finally for the girls and the boys. So you can watch them back-to-back uh, West Ashfield Sunday afternoon. And if you can give us a follow on the socials, so on Instagram and Twitter at WestLifePod are our handles there. And our link tree link is on those profile pages if you want to find any of our stuff, um, be it the podcast, the YouTube channel. Uh, Shouts to the people tuning in tonight on a Monday night, even though the Matildas are playing. I hope um, maybe some of you got it on the background like as and I have as well. So come on, girls. Come on, Matildas. Get over those uh, bloody Canadians. But um, uh, back to rugby league, patreon.com forward slash Westlife. If you want to support and take part in the show, the Discord's been firing off a lot uh, this week, a lot, of, uh, a lot of discussion West Tigers-wise and uh, non-West Tigers-wise. But uh, as how you on this Monday evening uh big win you headed out to belmore on sunday pardon me sunday afternoon to watch the girls get another win you're uh, you're a lucky charm <laughs> yeah g'day josh g'day viewers and listeners yeah i i've turned out to be a little bit sunburnt from the from the trip out to belmore yesterday just the whole left side of my face and neck is uh red and a bit hot so um not complaining though it was totally worth it I got to see an amazing win, um, an amazing defensive effort. I got some photos with some of the girls who played inclu- in, and one of the girls who didn't play, a uh, friend of the show, Tess Staines. So that was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, um, yeah it, was a, it was a nice little day out and great to watch the girls get a win. The boys, like you said, they showed some signs of improvement, but uh, it does seem like the wooden spoon is ours for the taking. Um I've got the game on. Yeah, I've got the I've got the World Cup game on in the background. It's it's tough deciding what to watch. Oh, we're just going to two 0 We're just going to two 0 So oh, this will mean nothing. Me. I'm, I'm behind you, Josh. I'm behind. I watch on seven plus. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's um, uh, think, think about the listeners who are listening to this on a Tuesday or Wednesday yeah, afternoon. I, I, they already they probably will. they if they, if they lose three two, we're going to look like absolute idiots. But um, yeah, but the Sunday afternoon watching the girls. I would have been there. I was. If the uh, the super I was at the supercars at Eastern Creek yesterday. Took my my uh, almost three year old son his debut watching some motor racing, which was pretty cool. So uh, funny enough, Dylan Brown and Brigham Campbell Gillard were there uh, in their Parramatta polos, checking out the racing. They obviously had some sort of sponsorship something with one of the teams, but um, perfect weather. Like it would have been a perfect day out there at Belmore. Uh, on Sunday afternoon, but can't wait to see the girls in action. Uh, I think when's their next Sydney game in the Dolphins doubleheader, isn't it? Uh, yes, yep, yeah. So uh, looking forward to that. But uh, we'll start with the boys and uh, the man in charge, Tim Sheen. So his press conference uh, from the weekend. Where should we start? Let's um. Let's start with a good old Sean Bloor. It's the, uh, what Sheenzy had to say about Sean and who, of course, went off with a HIA in this game. Bloor, he went off with a head concussion, come back on and got another one. So, um, yeah, it seems what can happen happens to us at the moment. And uh, unfortunately, um, uh, you know, we, we're shooting ourselves in the foot too many times. 
Yeah, it, um, he's not wrong, is he? Just Things just seem to... You can blame um, the footy gods, but it's just silly, silly little decisions as like um, Tupo, we end up scoring not that long after, but like Tupo obviously could have passed it straight inside to Pup, I think it was Papali inside him. It was a good break created by Brooksy uh, onto Baller, um, I believe, making that break. But yeah, it's just. Just the little things, isn't it? Like that, we really we, we took South, gave them a real a real battle. It, the scoreline doesn't really show it, but it's just those little one percenters, isn't it? That's just letting them down. Yeah, for sure. Um, just some of those decisions they made in regards to when to kick, when not to kick. Um, Sheenzy mentions it in the, in his presser as well. But uh, sometimes when they made a break down the sideline or whatever, and they decide to kick it. Um, Sometimes it's better to take the tackle and then get a quick play the ball. Other times it's better if you've got someone on your inside to pass it, to pass it to them. But hmm. yeah, just some of those, just some of those um, footy IQ moments is where we where we seem to be lacking. And um, players like Appy um, and Clem, the longer those sort of guys are at our club, the more they'll, um, the more of an influence they'll have on the guys um, and like teaching them those sort of moments. But uh a lot of those you should you should learn growing up. So I, I don't think um, I think there's a bit of an issue there, and I don't know. Maybe it's a training. Maybe it's a training thing. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Mm. Um, yeah, a couple of people. Uh, Jason's mentioned on the YouTube. How did the play not get sent for the hit on Blore? I have no idea, man. I'm still angry about it. I don't understand it. It was a penalty for a shoulder charge to the head. Our guy goes off for a HIA, and we don't. There's no sin bin like. I thought I thought it was cut and dry. Now, if it's shoulder charge to the head, then um, then that's it. That uh, oh, we've lost as. Stay with me, as I can't can't do this solo without you. There he is. Are you there? Yep. I think I've got some technical issues with my yeah, um, yeah. Skype setting. So when you next play your when you play your next audio clip, I'll leave and come back in. Righto. Um, right. We'll play the next audio then. Uh, here's Sheenzy talking about. Uh, Dane Laurie. Yeah. Took a, no, no, it was a, well, I hope not. He took a direct hit to the front of the knee with the other, the other kid's knee. They both clashed. And he was the one, reckons he's too skinny, and uh, went down. So I'm hoping it's just going to be a, uh, a minor thing. Mm-hmm. But um, Gary was in a bit of discomfort, that's for sure. So mm-hmm. it may well be a medial or something, or more a, more a, a PCL rather than maybe an ACL. That type of thing when you get the knock on the front of the knee can do that. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that's not the case. Yeah, Dane Laurie obviously went off late in this game. We've had that many halves combinations uh, in this um, season across this season. As um, yeah, the Dane Laurie injury, no update from the club just yet. But man, it just seems to be a curse on our halves this year. Like we just can't have. We've already had that many halves combinations because of injuries and a little bit because of Sheenzy shuffle. But, man, we just can't take a break, can we? Yeah, poor Dane. He didn't look too good coming out of um, coming out of that one. Uh, hopefully he's all right. But, yeah, it just seems like uh, there's going to be a bit more chop and change in the halves. We might end up going back to the Wakem-Brooks combination that we got for a little while. Um, I'm pretty sure that was the combination we had when um, 
when we beat the Cowboys in at Leichhardt. And so there's there's a bit of potential there um, if they can get it right. Uh, the Raiders aren't in good form at the moment after a loss last week, so maybe it's mm. a good chance for them to to try and gel a little bit more together and potentially uh, line up like that for the rest of the season. Will Smith is an option who could come back in. So there's, there's a few options there, but obviously none of them are a first-choice halves combo, so we'll just have to wait and see how it all ends up panning out. Yeah. Uh, Ethan mentioned on YouTube, uh, he said, thoughts on two shoulder charges on Clemmer not getting called until after the game. Yeah, this is a weird one. So um, who was it got charged with two shoulder charges? Yeah, Klamatangi got charged with two shoulder charges on Clemmer, and both of them weren't given as penalties. Like, this is unbelievable. Just like just South South Sydney, just get the rub the green all the time. It just just gives me the shits. Like, uh, obviously, it wasn't refs. We're not going to refs fault this game, but man, there were some calls that just yeah always seem to favour the red and green, and we can't have the red and green missing the um. The top eight this season were to be an absolute tragedy to the league. Yeah, like you, you add those two on top of the um, the the fact that uh, Moale didn't get didn't get sent to the bin for his shoulder charge, and it just seems like those better calls are getting the fifty fifties. Like, and that's not even a fifty fifty. To be fair, that's one that should be sent to the sin bin one hundred percent of the time yeah. because it's direct, forceful, dangerous contact to the head. There was there was no wrapping of the arms by Mawale at all. Um, so that's about as blatant as you get. And he stays on the field. If um, if the NRL and Annesley are claiming that there's no bias against the the weaker teams, they're fucking kidding themselves at the moment. That's, um, that's kind yeah, of where absolutely. I stand on that. 100%. 100%. As, uh, here's Sheenzy, a little bit more Sheenzy from the presser. As I've said all along, it was a two, it's a two to three year plan. And when Benji gets the result of that and he works with that, I think will be a much better side, obviously. So uh, it's ongoing recruitment and development and keep our heads down and stay the course. As I've said to everyone in the club, stay the course. If you think you're going to go from last, last year to first this year, you're kidding yourself. But, you know, if we, if we do finish with the wooden spoon again, I'll be disappointed. But again, I think we're playing better footy than we've seen last year. I think the, there's, gra- there's green shoots coming through there with the young guys. Fanua, who scored tonight, young young fullback Jareem, uh, Tupu, they're all flag age playing first grade. So there's another half a dozen guys in the time that haven't played with us last year. So yeah, we've got a, we've got some work to do to put it all together. Because you started late too with the with the coming back from World Cup and everything. So we didn't have a great preseason. I'm not saying just us. Every every club had a bit of that. So um, um, yeah, we've got some work to do. But in, but I'm really happy with the effort. But it's just not the execution, and regularly that's how it happens. They give, a, they have a go, and the scores are close, and then execution fails, and uh, and you get beat, or you lose a game. I won't say get beat. There's two differences between losing a game and getting beat. Um, we've, we've been beat a couple of times this year, but most times, if we've lost it, we were in the game chasing and been in the game for big minutes. Thanks, coach. Right. Thanks, a big one there from Shenzi as, but this two or three year plans give me the shits. But he, do you think the excuses thrown out by Sheens there, like Souths, are, in my opinion, went healthy and they pretty much were healthy. I don't think, were they missing 
who are they missing over the weekend? They seem to be pretty much uh, full strength. And we, we gave him a pretty good fight. And we do have our fair share of guys out at the moment. Um, I don't know. How's, how are your, how's your positivity looking into next season? Like, do you feel like there's something there with this team? It's, I mean, it's a bit, there's a few guys in there that, that won't be there next year and a few new guys coming in. But he has got a point there. Obviously, uh, Junior Tupo turned 21 on Sunday, I believe. And Fanua Pole and Dream Buller are all 21 as well. So he was right. They could be playing Jersey Flag this year. So, um, look, the record aside, is there, is there something there? Yeah, the only thing he said there that I'm in that last little clip that I'm not particularly fond of um, was the part where he basically threw some of our signings from this year under the bus. Um, mm. I think there's a lot of potential there moving forward. There are definitely a lot of green shoots. Like we've got the development of some of those guys, uh, Jareem, Tupo, Bloor, um, even Matamu has been developing in reserve grade. We've got De Silva as well. Um, the the Fainu brothers who've signed with us, there's a lot of potential there. So there's definitely a lot of green shoots, but it's all going to take a bit of time to to grow and develop and gel. Um, so I'm, I'm not expecting big things next year. Maybe 2025, we might start to see uh, the fruits of the labours. But in saying that, we do have mm. players there like Bateman, like Clemmer, uh, like Appy, who's Captain Courageous at the moment, um, who who are basically leading leading this side and are the experience that the side needs. So there, there should still be a lot of potential there. Um, we should still be able to push for top eight. We've got to be competitive, um, which we have been a lot more this year than we were last year, I think, our for and against. Um, even though it's now in the minus 200s, it was less than minus 100 un- until we got absolutely the Cowboys. by the Cowboys. And for that to be the case, um, it, when it's not normally the case, shows the closeness of the competition. Um, we were we were right up there with a lot of teams in a lot of the games we played. So there was a lot more competitiveness in the team this year than last year. Um, yeah, but it just doesn't seem to have gelled. The, the main issue we've had this year has been the attack inside the 20-metre line. Um, and that's what's that's what's been hurting us. Uh, if they can gel, if they can get that better with the new signings, um, including whoever our new halves end up being, because there's still a little bit of, um, I mm. guess, lack of clarity around that that area yep. next year. Because obviously there's still no Adam uh, Brooks. He's gone, and yeah, so mm. so so much more. We'll probably know there. a little bit more about that in the next week because uh, yeah, we heard. Today, that Jaden Sullivan is apparently uh, signing a three-year deal, apparently with the West Tigers. So we'll see how that goes, and then uh, the Caesar deal um, looks like it'll get done as well. But who knows? It's the West Tigers, and until it's official, it's official. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, one last clip of Sheenzy talking about Tamworth. Yeah, we got a great result and reaction yesterday from people here uh, uh, meet and greet. Um, people turned up, full house, uh, give us plenty of support. So I'm hoping to be back next year with, with the boys. So, uh, but, um, and uh, at the end of the day, though, um, you've still got some work to do. So. Yeah, the whole Tamworth thing, I went to the first one, I think I mentioned this on Wednesday show, in 
what year was that have been? 2018, the first time we went to Tamworth pre-COVID uh, against, yeah, I think it was, it was 20, yeah. 2018 against the Knights. Knights, yeah. I think Ivan Cleary is still coach because I got a, I got a photo with Ivan Cleary that night. Uh, and Corey Thompson, who's taller than me, funny enough. Uh, but yeah, the Tamworth thing, I'm happy for the club to go there once a year, but please next year. I, I know this year's draw has been uh, affected by the Women's World Cup, so who knows that this time of year they had to play South or whatever. I don't know what the club gets to choose and what the league gets to choose. Obviously, the league gets to choose the the timing of the weekend, so the 6 p.m. Friday. Um, also stupid, but that's not on the club. But playing against South, like, man, if we played this at ANZ, uh, at, let's say, Leichhardt or Campbelltown, you're probably getting, even in the form the Tigers are in, we're probably getting 15,000 plus. Like, you're getting the packed, probably a packed crowd for this at Leichhardt, uh, especially Leichhardt against um, South, because geographically a little bit closer to the South's fan base. It's just any any Sydney rival, it shouldn't be like it was, we play. Who else would we play there? The Sharks. It's been the Sharks, the Knights, the Knights and the Titans. The Titans, fine. Small fan bases, play them out there. That's fine. Uh, and the crowd, like uh, someone messaged, DM'd us that was at the game. They said the crowd was basically 80% South. And you could tell that on the TV. Like it looked predominantly a South crowd. So. My brother um, the was West, there too, and he said the same thing. Yeah, the West Tigers were bragging about selling it out. Yeah, it was fucking full of opposition fans. So, um, but good on Tamworth. I'm happy for Tamworth to get it next year. But just yeah, play play some pleb team, not uh, the pride of the league as those wankers like to call themselves. I hate that franchise. But um, one. Place that I do love, and that is West Ashfield. So you can watch, like I said at the start of the show, both the men's and the women's are playing back to back on Sunday. So you can watch both games. Uh, the West Tigers are playing the Raiders in both, and you can watch it on the big screen at West Ashfield. They're doing the half price pizza and four dollar eighty tap beers uh, for a limited time during those games. I believe until half time. So from kickoff to half time, four dollar eighty beers, half price pizza. Really good pizzas too at the um, the uh, garden restaurant. There, they're absolutely fantastic. You don't want to miss out on all the action from the home of the West Tigers, West Ashfield, uh, Holman Barnes Group, bringing people together. And for more more information, visit holmanbarnesgroup.com.au. So hopefully, yeah, if, obviously if you're not traveling down to Canberra to watch the boys and the girls play, um, or just the yeah, girls. Head up. Or just the girls and then walk out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in the news, we had this, I've mentioned this kind of already, the meeting Jaden Sullivan um, met with Pasco and Scott Fulton and others at Concord on Friday. Obviously, the team were up in Tamworth. So I believe Benji and Sheenzy uh, Skype, not Skype, what's it called? Zoom. No one Skypes anymore. They Zoomed in um, to say good day. And yeah, like I said, Jaden Sullivan, apparently we've heard whispers that he's going to sign a three-year deal. So what are your thoughts? If this is, pans out to be true as, what are your thoughts on him? I know you, you don't like his cheekiness. He's a little bit of a 
bit of a grub, but I think once he does that on our side in the uh, the black, orange, and white, maybe you're uh, you'll come around just like Josh we did with Josh Reynolds when he actually played for us. Well, we didn't actually see all that much of that from Josh Reynolds, I don't think. So I wasn't complaining about that side of Josh too much after he signed because he he didn't really show it. But there are the those sort of gamesmanship things. I'm not too much of a fan of. I know there's not, like nothing against him in the rules, but other than like fans considering it to be diving or whatever. But yeah, I mean, he's definitely got some talent. I don't know if he'd be the right fit for the club, um, but we can't really be picky at the moment. If we if we get him and Caesar, then we've got a combination there that includes experience in Caesar and youth and talent potential in Sullivan. So I feel like there's some potential for that halves combination if that ends up being the one we have next year to to develop and um, hopefully do some good things for us. But yeah, if he if he signs for us and plays for us, I'm obviously not going to complain too much. But there may be some aspects of his game I'm like, yeah, not too keen on that. But I don't know if if we win. I can't complain too much, can I? <laughs> yeah, a few people were saying they're worried about his defense, but I mean Benji Marshall, like I said in the previous show, he wasn't all that great in defense. So I don't know, maybe they'll work it out somehow. If it, man, we're just struggling to score points. If he helps to score points, that's that's better than what we got. So yeah, obviously it remains to be seen, but I'll be slightly excited. It's obviously not. A superstar, he's still, but he's still young. Who knows? We might. Who knows? We're going to have a still pretty young team next year, but yeah, with a full full preseason together, maybe it'll click. Um, so we'll see. Righto, talking about my guy Sean Bloor again. So a couple of people, uh, someone dropped in our Discord today, and someone, a couple of people sent through a link that he's been linked with um, Hull FC. Uh, or not linked with. It says the headline says linked with, but I, it's probably just Hull FC speak like showing interest. It's always weird that link sort of because teams are looking for players all the time and probably speaking to managers. Um, and my guy Sean Bloor, apparently Hull FC looking at him. Um, I mean, he's still pretty young. Him moving to the UK, yeah, might might be a little bit tempting uh, for him, but. I also heard from, uh, listen to the Triple M, what's it called? The Monday Arvo something or other podcast with um, Brent Reed on it. And he said that the Melbourne Storm is actually interested in Sean Bloor, but he said that the West Tigers have said no. So it's pretty much, he's, he's contracted for next year and the West Tigers are at the very least saying, no, no, he's, he's ours. So he, they're, uh, yeah, they've kind of changed their tune a little bit. I think there was a little bit of a divided opinion within the club about Sean. But, um, yeah, definitely he's come out and said in the media that Benji and Cheensy are back at him and, fingers crossed, they pull their finger out and extend him beyond next year as. Yeah, to me it seems like one of those, I guess, nothing stories because or like a, it's a manager maybe trying to drum up a little bit of extra yeah, money I think to the that. salary. Sure. Um, because like you said, he came out, what was that? Not even two months ago um, when the rumors first came out. And then he he said himself that he went and spoke to Benji and Benji assured him that there's a, mm. that he sees him as part of the future of the club. So I, I feel like it's just the manager trying to drum up the salary, give him, get him a little bit of extra cash in his pocket, Probably. which you can't blame him. That's, that's kind of their job, but. Yeah. yeah part of me thinks it's a good thing that, yeah, it's maybe it's just a little bit of a 
maybe not even just cash. It's just like, come on, West Tigers. Like he wants to stay loyal. Like, come on, put a put a contract under his nose. Do do Trying something. To get to so hurry up. Maybe they have. Who maybe who knows? Maybe they have. And um, yeah, he's he's looking at it now. I actually have no idea, but fingers crossed they have. If they haven't, then because what the the recontracting I'll... window um opens up well for. Contracted players can start negotiating come November first. November one, yep. yep. So, so that's still what three months away. Don't let that happen. Don't let it get to November one. Jesus yeah, Christ! Don't let it get there. Sign lock him up before the three months is over. Him and Tupo. Yeah, and then lock lock Buller down for longer as well while they're at it. Uh, speaking of management, I just thought a cool little um, a little clip from the uh, so Ben Teo, former West Tiger. Do you remember Ben Teo playing for the? Tigers as 2008, no. 2009. Um, yeah, before he went off to the Broncos, he started a podcast with Ryan Girdler. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't know why because I don't know, I don't know how they'll be mates because they're age wise, they're very different. One's Queensland, one's New South Wales. Um, yeah, a very odd combination, but anyway, the podcast is called The Medicine and Last week, they talked a little bit about the Tigers. So here's uh, Ben Teo and Ryan Girdler uh, talking about the West Tigers at the moment. Maybe they knew that there was going to be pushback from Tim Sheens and Benji Marshall. And they thought that instead of going through that pushback and dealing with all that, we're just going to pull the trigger on it because they think he's the right guy. Now, he might be the right guy. That's all I'm saying. I think... He's highly rated in his in his work. He's just landed the two young brothers, the the Fainu brothers. Mm. That, he's obviously talking about Scott Fulton. Yeah, that's a big get. He's got connections through all that Manly system and all the way out west with Blacktown, where they've been set up. He might be the right guy yeah. that can help them land some players because we haven't really seen some like they've been landing older guys. Uh, I thought there was more to that. One second. Maybe they knew that. They... No. Um, I've put the wrong clip in there, but he does talk about how, um, yeah, the club is basically laughable at the moment. And the, basically Mario and not Mario, Scott Fulton and Benji Marshall basically got to smoke the peace pipe and start working together um, as well. He also has a pretty funny little dig at Lee Hajipantelis. He goes, every time he comes on the TV with his with his hat, I feel like he needs a, a cigar. Like, why can't he just go on TV and, um, yeah, wear a normal suit? So he has a little bit, bit of a gaff there as well. But, yeah, check out the um, <laughs> the medicine. So that was in episode two uh, called Wrestling the Bear. So um, shouts to Ben Teo, former uh, West Tiger. Um, speaking of Justin Pascoe, he... He went to jail last week, as. Oh, yeah. He um, look not not as a criminal as um, they visited the a, a prison on the north coast, and did a little program and Staffatoa, Appy Corusau, and Steph uh, FaceTimed in um, from the Zurich Center. They did just did a little program there. I thought it was a good good little news story to come out of the club. They were um. Yeah, apparently some new start program. Um, handed out a few 
training shirts and that sort of thing. So helping out at the um, I just I just wanted to make that Justin Pascoe joke. I'm not going to lie, but um, they caught oh, you, you off guard. You, you did. You got me a little excited there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, righto, back that, to the game. That'd be one. That'd be one way to make sure he um no longer has a job at the club. Imagine, oh man! If if that actually if that actually happened, I think Mr. Bashara would be uh, straight back on the show to talk about that one. <laughs> uh, right, back to the this game, thirty two eighteen to the Rabbitohs. Uh, tries to on their side. So Alex Johnson got a hat trick. That guy just the easiest job in the world. I don't care what anyone says. I think he's most of his tries. He just catches and catches and falls over. He is a quite a good finisher but man he just seems to always just be just have 10 meters of space in front of him and then when you play against the west tigers ends up being 20 meters of space with our um with our edge defense but uh hat trick to him uh tass and uh colin matangi scored as well and cam murray uh consolation one towards the end so as um it was 26 at half time, ended up being a 14 point margin at the finish. So the second half, yeah, much closer. I, I hated that that last try kind of making it 13 plus. Just, yeah, it just didn't seem like the Rabbitohs did really put a stranglehold at the end there. They did have like f- four back to back sets and we kept trying uh, short dropouts and we can never get them to fucking work for whatever reason. We kept kicking it the same way as well. The one that Appy did the other week when he did it straight up in the middle, that seemed to work much better. I don't know. We'll, why are we kicking it out to their center and winger? But anyway. Um, what about that really tall winger we have that we don't seem to kick it to? Yeah. Yeah. We go to the center. shorter. He's a, he was a center this week, but he's normally a winger. Yeah. Yeah. Put junior. Um, well, you know, during Buller, the guy that, wanted to pursue a career in basketball, maybe have him out there under the ball. I don't know. Just, I don't know. Give me a call, Shanzi. We'll, um, I'll give you some, give you some tips, but maybe they need, maybe they need to watch how some of the other clubs are pulling them off. Cause I've noticed, um, the Warriors, the Cowboys, um, a few other teams really nail those short dropouts more often than they fail them. So there, there are ways that seems to make them work. You've just got to, have the right people in the right places and get them get the kicks right. Um, the tries themselves from the Rabbitohs, the the Johnston one out left. There was one where Notha shot up and basically on tough just bounced off him like he was a child playing playing against his dad. That was pretty pretty embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anything else in this game? As before, we go celebrate the women's game? Um, just that the first try, I think, was really unfortunate. Um, obviously, Bateman had his back to back to the defensive line, so he didn't see um, where Johnston was lining up ready to pickpocket that ball, um, and he just ended up batting it straight to him. And I thought that was really unfortunate. I don't know why that the app says it happened in the first minute because it, it was like the third or fourth minute because we had like a set or two prior to that actually happening. But yeah, and I think that kind of just set us up for a little bit of a a fight back sort of game, which we which we seem to almost always have. Um I'm I was quite impressed that the team fought back to twenty to eighteen um mm. six. We we did we were looking pretty good there for a while with those tries to Ice and Pole 
Holloway's um, try was fantastic. That was a great try. Uh, but yeah, then we let two soft ones through Johnson and Murray to late in the game for them to kind of just run away with it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I feel like, yeah, I agree with you. The That last try, uh, they were kind of gassed a little bit. We didn't deserve a 13-plus scoreline. I think we were definitely, um, especially with the showing in the second half, we were definitely a 1-12 to losing side. Um, so yeah, that was a little bit unfortunate. But hmm. the boys were trying. Like I said, they just need to try and work out some other some other way to, de- to deal with those short dropouts because what we're doing at the moment isn't working. And we're yeah. just... Yeah, maybe um, an NFL style, uh, what do you call it, onside kick. So in the NFL, what they do, a little bit harder because they they kick it off the ground. But basically, they do like a grubber kick and hope the ball kicks up, like off a off a grubber, and then they kind of try and knock it back that way. But NFL is that actually that actually sort of worked over the weekend. Did you watch the? Did you watch any of the NRL this weekend? Or you probably uh, bits and pieces, bits and pieces. Yeah. Okay, if you get a chance, uh, go check out some, I guess, maybe highlight clips of the Raiders versus Roosters game. There were a few dropouts, particularly in the second half, where they actually did try something like that. Um, mm. And a lot of the time, it actually worked. Obviously, they've got to wait till it crosses the 10-meter line. But if they can get there and pounce on it, yeah. then they get it back. And I think the Raiders, it might have been... Uh, all the Roosters, I can't remember which team it was, but they did try it one or two times and they actually got it back. I think one time it failed because it was picked up before it crossed the plane. But yeah, other than that, it, was, it wasn't it wasn't that bad of a mm. of a system. It seemed to be working it's, fairly well. How close to the sideline was it? Because if the ball is close to the sideline, it's a bit of that uncertainty as well. If you can kind of get accurate enough that you can land it kind of at the 10-meter corner, and if you're risking a penalty... Like we got a penalty for kicking it. Uh, what? Sorry, it didn't go ten, but it didn't matter because they were never going to go for two anyway. So it was kind of same result anyway. So I don't know. Maybe stabbing it. Who was it? Who was it that kicked it? And it um, it perfectly landed on basically that corner and went out. It was Wakeham, wasn't it this Wakeham. year? So yeah, that was Wakeham. I maybe think that was magic round. Know. A lot of people screaming at me saying just kick it long, but I don't know. I. But after the third set, I felt like we had to get the ball back or Rabbitohs were going to score. Like it was it was a double-edged sword. You kick it long and back your defense. But they would have would have been so gassed. I think the Rabbitohs score anyway. I think we just needed to get the ball back. Like if, When you've got 10 minutes left and you're down by eight points, I don't blame yeah. you for going for the short one at that point. But, um, yeah, when you're, when you're behind by eight, 14 points, whatever, and it's still the first half – you probably don't need to try the short one. You can probably just go long, back your defense, and then make sure you get the ball back at the end of the set. Um, and if it keeps happening, then try the short one. But yeah, it just seems like there's timing for it, and they're not really getting that timing. As for the position of one of those kicks, um, one of those Raiders Roosters ones for the girls, it actually was like basically midfield. It was literally just a little yeah. dribbler that was dived on right on the 10-meter line. Yeah. That's basically how they try it in the NFL. Uh, a few st- statistics. So, Rabbitohs, 56 to 44 percentage. I imagine the first half was probably even higher than that. The second half seemed like we pulled that back a little bit. Um, completion rates look not great from us. 25 to 36. Way, giving the ball over. 
way too many times. Uh, Rabbitohs, 36 of 45, so they weren't exactly clinical either. But, yeah, 69%. Not going to get it done. So uh, any other stats there? Post-contact meters, they're about, what are they, about 80 in front of us there. Line breaks, pretty much even. Tackle breaks, pretty close. Like, it, yeah, it, it did say... They, I feel like the Rabbitohs a little bit had the arm wrestle um, over us, but um, force dropouts, four to nil. Obviously, we're talking about three in a row. Offloads, pretty much bang on the same. So, yeah, statistically, not really that um, that much difference. Errors, 12 to nine. Penalties, 6-3 to, um, to the Rabbitohs. And... Um, six against three, two. So yeah, that hurts as well as we need. We can't can't keep giving those away. Yeah, for sure. Um, too many errors, too many penalties, just discipline. Um, it needs to be fixed up. But in saying that, the rabbits got away with doing a lot of things that we couldn't get away with doing. Um, a lot of players like Latrell Mitchell, um, Alex Johnson, Cody Walker. Uh, even Damian Cook at times were getting away with things that we wouldn't be allowed to do in our dizziest daydreams. So yeah. there just seems to be a little bit of a, in in my opinion, a little bit of a bias there towards the better teams. But definitely, we're going to have to become one of the better teams to actually get some of those calls going our way. Yeah. Uh, leading tacklers, so Appy Corosel had uh, 45, Nopole 34, Johnny Bateman 31, and Papa and Alex Twell had 30. A piece. Um, other stats leaders. I didn't update that from the NRL. I was trying to do stats last night. And the NRL didn't have their play stats up, so I wasn't able to to get them up. But um, table-wise, is there any point looking at the table? Probably not. But the um, four points behind the Dragons yeah, still. Um, I'll come last. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, you said it. You said it as. Um, one place that can perform miracles is our friends at Mobile Corp. Um, hope so, Stephen. I've just put uh, put the pressure on you guys a little bit. You get good that. with these segues. I'll give you these that. Segues, yeah. <laughs> uh, they support local businesses by managing their IT, their networks, and their mobile devices. If you're a local business owner looking for a partner who will take away the hassle of dealing with IT issues, make sure you have cyber security in place. Handle all your mobile needs. The mobile Corp can help. Mobile Corp is a family-run business and long-time supporter of the West Tigers. Reach out to our mate Stephen and the team at Mobile Corp. Check out mobilecorp.com.au. That's mobilecorp.com.au. Righto. Um, New South Wales Cup, they got carved up on Sunday afternoon, 36-18. to I didn't see this one. We obviously did any... Does it have a crowd figure there? No, I don't know how many people were at Lincoln for that one. I think most of us were watching the women's game uh, at the same time, beat at TV or at Belmore at uh, itself. Uh, they're in 10th place now, the cup team, so kind of falling out of contention there. Uh, Jersey Flag, they, at least those boys, uh, they carved up 56-14 to 14 at Lincoln Mobile. So, big win, scoring at 10 meat pies over the bunnies there. Um, yeah, Talon the Silver, he got one, two, two tries himself. So, uh, good to see the young kid Yeah, getting, getting some minutes in the flag team. Someone actually uh, mentioned 
I think it's a Patreon question later on, but I might as well talk about it now. They said, do you do we throw our flag first graders down to kind of help the flag team? So imagine throwing Buller, Pole and um, Junior in this side. Uh, they're ninth at the moment, so uh, two points off fifth. So I don't know. It'd be pretty funny to – are you allowed to do that? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you are during the season, but they have to have played a minimum number of games to be eligible to for play finals. finals. Yeah, so we could do that, but that they would... can't play finals. Yeah, they wouldn't be able to play finals because I think they need to play like five games or something, and there's only four rounds left. Yeah, uh, player ratings time for the oh, I completely forgot to put the women's. Um, we'll do women's first, as uh, so I don't know why I haven't got the the women's score then. Um, yeah, any give me your thoughts on the women games. Obviously, ten nil over the Sharkies on Sunday afternoon. How do you summarize that game? It was a pretty good game, actually, despite the fact that um, it wasn't particularly high scoring. Uh, it was it obviously wasn't the attacking masterclass we saw in round one, but I don't think it needed to be because there's definitely still going to be some issues um, with connectivity and cohesiveness uh, for the girls. Um, since they're still growing and building those combinations and building um, the team camaraderie as a whole. But their commitment to defence, their commitment to ensuring that the Sharks didn't cross our try line after they um, after they beat us 22-0 in the trial, I think isn't or I think shouldn't be understated. They were mm. very, very impressive. Um, some of the solo efforts and team efforts, uh, like Ja'Kaia Whitfield really early in the game, uh, holding up um, the other winger after a, a crossfield kick from their half um, in the in goal on the last uh, Emily's cover tackle in the second half as they mm. as the Sharks made a break down the sideline right in front of me. Um, that and she went off injured those... after that one too, didn't she? For a, or for a HIA? Yeah, she went off for a HIA, mm. which she thankfully passed um, mm. before the game was over. So yeah, just there was a lot of effort there, a lot of commitment, like the. For Emily there, the the self or the lack of self-preservation, like she just went into that and said, you are not um, getting past me. And I mean, like yeah. Bo was you right there as well. To, <laughs> Bo was right there to back her up if um, Emily needed her, but Emily didn't need her. She, she just took her down and that was the end of that one. But yeah, we made a few errors. We weren't as well. Um, yeah, we didn't attack as well as we did in the, in the second half in the first round, but hey, we're top of the table still, and um, no one can take that office at least for another week. So go the girls. Absolutely. Um, who are the, who do the Titans play this week? Because we're tied with the Titans. But Titans are the only other undefeated team, aren't they? Yeah, the Sharks play the Titans at um, points bet this weekend. Okay, so we kind of want the Sharkies to win, bounce back and win <laughs> this week, exactly. I guess. Go- go top of the table undefeated if we can beat the Raiders and um, outright first. Uh, Ja'Kia Whitfield, she broke the record for most run meters in an NRLW game, 292. That's insane. Yeah, she was she was absolutely on fire. And I, I um, commented on someone on, to someone on Twitter who, men- who like mentioned that, who was like doing a little bit of a play-by-play there for the tries. And I said, holy moly, she like, she is fast. She She's got speed to burn. Um, that she was really, really good. 
Um, a yeah, lot, a lot of amazing. her breaks came right in front of me. That try was basically right in front of me as well. Um, that run, that it was almost a hundred meter run in the end there. So, mm. yeah, Jakaya, absolute monstrous game. Well, well deserved um, record there for her now, and uh, she's what second top of the NRLW try scorers as well, yeah, with right. only Tegan Berry from the Dragons having more than her. Uh, with four tries in two games to Jakaya's three. Um, any other players that would stand out for you as? Uh, obviously, Vetty Walsh. She was just a, a masterclass. Again, um, Lasana Lutu, I'm a big fan of her. She only got 22 minutes. I don't understand why. She just seems like the attack just seems to go up a level when she comes on. She's just skillful, athletic. Yeah, the game, I don't know, am I seeing things? But I think, yeah, she's a bit of that X factor. Yeah, she she was quite good. I do do like what she brings to the team. Um, I think part of the issue might have been after after, um, Emily was taken off for the HIA, we then had two sixes out there. um, And Mm. that doesn't really work because Pauline um, and Lutu both, I think, have similar games, but they go about them in a bit of a different way. Uh, so, yeah, when you've got the two sixes out there, it's not going to click as well as it would when you've got a seven and a six. Uh, but, yeah, she she added a lot of X-Factor to the team. Um, it was a bit of a shame she didn't get her first NRLW try uh, because poor Bo didn't see her coming up on the in- inside. Maybe that was a, oh, yeah. a lack of communication there in the second half or maybe they just don't have like a like a code word or something. Or Yeah, <laughs> a code word. <laughs> just need need to gel a bit more. Yeah, maybe you're just gonna scream, but like screaming out. Yeah, that's oh, it crazy. You look left, look right. That's just yeah, basic footy. But we'll forgive both. We um, yeah, she's really, our really inaugural try scorer. We 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 have to forgive her. She's she's West Tigers through and through. We love love you, Bo, and all the girls. Keep it going on Sunday, and we'll preview that game on Wednesday night's show. Right, back to the blokes player rating times. Um, time, do you want to go through the player ratings as? Yeah, no worries. So, uh, Jareem Buller, 6.2. David Nofaluma, 2.7. Stafford Toa, 4.9. Junior Tupo, 2.2. Charlie Staines, 3.8. Dane Laurie, 4.7. And Luke Brooks, 6.0. In the forwards, Stefano, 6.6. Appy, top scored with 8.8. David Clemmer, 5.5. Isaiah Papali'i, 7.0. John Bateman, 5.1. And Fanua Pole, 7.0. As for the bench boys, Will Smith, 2.1. Sean Bloor, 5.7. Alex Twal, 6.8. And Atasi James, 6.0. Yeah, some numbers... um... Look, when it's a loss, the numbers always get pulled down. It's a win. The rare occasion we do win. The numbers inflate a little bit. Uh, I think Brooksy is 6.0. Look, he, yeah, I think maybe closer to a 7. But I don't think Brooksy did really anything that wrong. He, for, for his first game back, I think that's a little bit harsh. I think he was um, half decent. What do you reckon, As? Yeah, I agree. For for a first game back, Brooks was quite solid. I actually mm. um, saw a lot to like like from Brooksy. I think he's probably been marked down a little bit for that um, penalty kick for touch that almost went backwards. Yeah, um, yeah, not good. But I don't know how that happens. The other 
yeah, the other, I think he just kind of shanked. Actually, I do. I've, I've definitely done that playing rugby, kicking for touch or not found touch. I've done, but I'm not a, on, I was never paid anything, let alone a million dollars to play footy. So, yeah. I think that. another player who's been marked a bit too low is Junior Tupo. I actually liked his game as a center. Um, he's obviously been marked down a yeah. little bit for some of those poor decisions, but he actually was quite strong. Um, like strong runs off of that break that Brooksy gave him. He just made the wrong decision at the end of it. Um, but he's young. He's going to he's gonna need to learn from that, and I'm sure he will. But, yeah, I think he's been marked a bit low. I probably would give him a five, maybe a six. Um, so fairly above the fairly above the average there. Um, as for the forwards, I think that's pretty fair for most of them. Clemmer maybe a little bit low as well. Um, he he could, probably could have been up about the seven as well. John Bateman was probably one of his um, weaker games for the club, and he was the one kind of responsible for that intercept try at the start, very start of the game. So he's probably been marked down a bit for that too. Uh, the girls have gone three three nil in the uh, in the soccer. Go go you good things. Um, yeah, Buller, 6.2. Yeah, he was... Yeah, I guess that's about right. Um, Junior Tupo, 2.2. That can't be right. That number might be a little bit wrong. Is there anyone else? Dane Laurie, 4.7. Maybe a little bit harsh. Has? Um, yes. Yes and no. I'd say maybe about a 5, 5.5, 6 for Dane. Um, he wasn't setting the world on fire, but when... But, I mean, he, he did get injured, and that kind of took away from his ability to perform late in the game. Um, yeah, so it, that's a tricky one for me. Appy, I wanted to give Appy probably like a 15 out of 10. Um, but he was the one who kept doing the short dropouts that weren't working, so I marked him down to a 12. Uh, junior, <laughs> Tupo, junior Tupo is actually a 6, not a 2.2. That, that, um, okay, that's, 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 my, that sounds I've a lot more reasonable. Yeah, yeah, I've got to update that one. Um, yeah, Appy, um, yeah, 8.8 for Appy. He was, yeah, it's close to, close to a 10. You can't really give a 10 and a loss, can you? But he was absolutely, he's just incredible. Obviously he scored that try. He's just a magnet for the ball. He's the first person to ever come to the club that seems to get a good bounce, um, <laughs> from a grubber kick. Like a like a lizard to pounce on those ears. He's um he, he's um he's just got that energy and that commitment that we need from the rest of the team. Um, he led he led them around really well. Some really good decisions at dummy half too. Uh, unfortunately, it just didn't work out a lot of the time. Um, we didn't get the penalties or the six against that we deserved for some of his good decisions. But yeah, I I still really liked his game. Um, he was he was very very strong. But like I said, he was the one making those short dropout attempts, and they just weren't working. Um, mm. And as the captain, he probably could have made the decision himself to say, "Okay, I'm just going to yeet it downfield." And he didn't. Yeah, really fair make point. That so that's a bit of a bit of a shame. Yeah, it's a fair point. Uh, Fanil Pole had a good game. Obviously, scored great tries with a seven there. Probably he uh, likewise. Johnny Bateman only five point one. He did look. He just seemed a little bit little against the um, the South forwards in this one. They they overpowered him a fair bit. Mm, yeah, I agree with that. Um, Sean Bloor, 5.7. Look, I think that would have been a little bit higher had he stayed on the field. It's a bit harsh. but um, I mean, yeah, two HIAs. It's a bit unfortunate that 
Yeah. Um, I didn't. I actually didn't notice he go off for the first one. I think it was mm. all I knew about it was when Hooper said it after halftime that he had failed, but then we saw him out on the field. And the, yeah. It was all very confusing. We were talking about in the Discord, like, oh, Bloor's gone. Then literally a second later, Bloor takes a hit up. So um, Hooper got some some bad mail there. But um, yeah. Then he got sent, sent off for another HIA, and it was very, very annoying. Yeah. Uh, here are some of your best comments. So if you keep an eye on our Twitter and our Facebook post game, if you want to leave your ratings and your comments here. So here are some of the best ones from this week. Ben Angus said, second 40 was great. Problem is we, again, allowed a lead to grow in the first 40. Souths were ripe to be picked apart, and we failed to make the most of our opportunities. Buller was, again, strong. Tupo good at center. Bloor impressive before the BS HIA call. Eight losses in a row is very deflating, but we never got belted, which I guess is a good sign. Uh, Smith is not it for the bench. To Silver, surely, or Madam Miller, please. Five more weeks of pain. Go the women. Uh, Stuart Sampson, after getting back in the game, two avoidable penalties from Laurie. Bloor's second HIA in that line break lost us hard-fought momentum. Ultimately, we lack game-winning halves and strike players. Cora's there, but November signings are crucial if we're going to have a good 2024 season. Uh, David Nikotra, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Good fight tonight, but Brooks kicking it backwards off a penalty sums up our season. Yeah, I kind of agree. With that, uh, a free opportunity to go forward. We went backwards. Our forwards were great tonight. Laurie looks great at 5'8". Too bad he's gone. Uh, just not enough strike in our team. Well, maybe Pasco can have a run since he's so untouchable. Uh, maybe he can score a few points for us. Or maybe um, Don Lee can orchestrate a win for us since he is our supreme leader. Sarcasm overload. Uh, Tomo said, tell Sheens to retire in England's countryside and take Star and Noth with him. That would make uh, wonderful tits on a ball. Great work, men. I write this with tickets to Tigers to uh, be Canberra next week. F my life. Hey, the girls might give you something to cheer about. Um, I don't know. I reckon the boys actually might be a chance against the Raiders next week. Call yeah. me crazy. Um, Stafford Toa, a bit harsh. I think Stafford, I don't know, people are starting to turn on Stafford. I think he was all right. Yeah, he made that I'd... good break um, as well. I mean, the, obviously, letting in the tries down his side. Yeah, I guess I guess what you're saying. I mean, he comes in a little bit, and then Nofa comes in even further, mm. um, and that kind of leads to leads to those awful line breaks. But as for Star, I think overall maybe that's a little bit harsh. Um, he has been quite good. Um, you obviously had one brilliant game against the Cowboys at Leichhardt, but um, we can't take too much out of that. I think he needs a little bit more time and development in whatever position he ends up playing because I don't think he's played all that much as a centre. He's kind of been shifted around mm. most backline positions, as have most of our backlines. So yeah. if he if he gets a bit more consistent time, works on his game in the offseason, um, I think he could be a decent, made potentially a backup centre option. Um, if mm. we can manage to find a better one. I still think Naden is probably the best center we have at the club, and I don't know yeah. why we haven't seen him in the team. I don't know if he played reserve grade last week or if he was left right out, but yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, let me just check that. It's a weird one. I don't understand why Naden um, yeah, isn't getting picked. Like, can you see Noffa getting dropped? Do you think Noffa's played his last... West Tigers game, maybe, or he's technically under contract, but I don't know. 
it's quite possible. Um, I haven't seen enough from him, I don't think, to warrant more games. But who do who else do we have in waiting in the wings? Um, do we bring someone up from reserve grade who might offer a little bit? But we're basically throwing him throwing them in the furnace at this point of the season when we're almost guaranteed the spoon. It's one of those yeah. catch twenty two things. You want to give them the exposure, but you don't want them to, um, like be a part of what is a, another shit season. They didn't, so they didn't play cup, so may, he maybe he's injured. Um, okay. uh, Kai Cochran said, "Appy and Bula are so fucking good. We just need to build the backline next year." I know it sounds stupid, but I believe, yeah, I think we can be like it's all to do where this. Treasure, uh, what do they call it? The um, the the not the treasure chest. What do they call it when they have chest? The war chest. That's that's what I was looking for. Uh, Ray said, worried about Clem and Bateman. Yeah, they. Yeah, I don't know. I think another priest. Like they're getting on a little bit in age, but I think another priest. Obviously, Bateman came in late this year. A bit more gelling and that sort of thing. I, I think. Yeah, I'm not giving up on him uh, just yet. Bobby Young said, competed okay against a team full of first graders. We only have a handful of those. Um, fair call. The South, Souths are a great team, man. They, um, If they don't make the grand final, they should be disappointed. I don't know how they're going to be under the salary cap next year, but that's an argument for another day. Um, I mean, anything it's, else? It's, ridicul- it's ridiculous to think that going into that game against us, the Rabbits were in ninth. Like, they they were out of the top eight. And yeah, a lot of injuries. To get back into it. Yeah, but they've had a lot of injuries this season. Obviously, Latrell being out for so long affected them. But hit, with him back now, they can potentially make a bit of a run. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they make it back into the top four because yeah. they really are a top four team. Uh, Patreon. To finish, let's see what the guys and girls have for us this week. If you want to support and take part in the show and join our Discord, patreon.com forward slash West Life. You can become an Alex Twall tier member or an Adam Dwayne tier member uh, or a Benji Marshall tier member. There's something for everyone in there, so check it out. Um, uh, what have we got Ben Ellis, yes, I mentioned this earlier in the show. So he said, should we move all our flag eligible players to flag to try and make the finals and build on future combinations? Um, We mentioned that already. Tiger 24-7, 1 to 17 of Simpsons characters if they were NRL players. Look, we'll 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 save that for the off-season when we've got less to talk about. But um, that takes a lot. That'll take a lot of thinking. Yeah, I mean, Nelson showed that he's a pretty good um, runner of the football. So you got to put him <laughs> probably in, probably in the back row, I guess. Anyone else off the top of my head? Um, Hank Sheen's Scorpio. Sheen's his home of cutting everyone. Hank Hank Scorpio, CEO of the team. <laughs> um. And a little bit of a comment from our old friend, friend Rob Bashara. So he said, I watched both men's and women's games. Uh, for the women, what a pleasure it was to see our girls play with a style, purpose, and commitment that honors our jersey. Our defense forces Cronulla into so many poor kicks, and we were relentless all game. Congrats to Whitfield for breaking the NRL run meter record. Uh, Kezi Apps looks injury-free and reinvigorated as a Tiger and was wound back the clock to a damaging running 
best? How, how old is Kezi, Kezi Apps as? Uh, I'll check while you keep reading it, hmm. but I'm pretty sure she's early 30s. Yeah, right. Uh, I didn't think she was that old. Uh, shout out to the whole team on their defense and highlights for me were Whitfield. Um, highlights for me were Whitfield holding up her opponent, opponent for no tries. We mentioned earlier to Fogas to F- how do I mention that name? To Fuga to Funga to Funga. Um, yep. to Funga's multiple brutal tackles, one of which led to our second try. And Emily Curtin's cover tag, he's written a whole essay here. Um, Cover tackle in the second half. You know, you can just come on the show and say it, Rob. Uh, Emily <laughs> Curtin's cover tackle in the second half. No fear of preservation. Three points to Whitfield. Two to Apps. One to Fugger. Now on to the men. Uh, another disappointing loss. Cons- uh, consolation efforts aren't good enough. Souths were awful. First half yet somehow led 20-6 to at halftime. Uh, we turned momentum in our favor second half, but failed to capitalize on our chances and seize control of the game. Tupu but- butchering a 3 or one makes me wonder what our players are being taught and how often do they practice these types of game situations. I'd expect better from a 13-year-old. We can't afford to butcher simple opportunities like any team, against, uh, let alone against South. Shining light for me is Appy Corosel. He makes me believe that he's the man who will turn this club around, not management, not the coaches, not our uh not the coaches, only our captain. At Penrith, he didn't have to overplay his hand because he was surrounded by a great team. With us, he's trying harder because he's he has to, and I've never seen a hooker with an arsenal uh, or deception of the dummy half like Coruscant. That's big from um, Rob, who's mates raps. with Rob, yeah, Robbie Farrar, and obviously old enough to remember Benny Elias as well. Uh, we are so lucky to have him along with Buller. We have two of the four parts right for our spine. Sadly, we won't be avoiding a spoon, but hopefully some committed performance will make any player considering coming to the Tigers more attractive. I don't see any improvement in our style of play. I don't even know what it is. I feel sorry for the players. Thank you, Mr. Bashara. Um, I'm out of breath with that uh, that essay that he dropped in the Discord. I mentioned um, Benny Lice. Then a good podcast I listened to today, James Graham's show. What's it called? Can't think of the top of my head. Um, but Wayne Pierce is his guest this week. And man, if I couldn't, I didn't think I could love that man anymore. He's like literally the Messiah to me. But just he is so clever, man. Just even beyond the, the Balmain stories I'd heard all before, he talks about how they set up um, the bubble and that sort of thing during COVID because obviously he's on the, on the board of the NRL. So in my listening to him speak and his business sense and just how good he is beyond football. He's just such a smart dude, man. Him as CEO of the West Tigers would be perfect. Like he knows how to run and motivate people within a business. It's literally, he's got a business that does that. Man, throw a million dollars or something at him to get him away from the NRL board and let him run the West Tigers. And I know some of our Magpie people from the Magpie side might get annoyed at because he's Balmain. He was our first West Tigers coach, but um, it's nothing to do with him being a Balmain legend. He's just absolute genius when it comes to um, to business sense, and he's he's seen it and done it all. I don't think he necessarily would be that useful in terms of football staff. I think he literally could 
be a great CEO. But um, maybe I'm just biased. But listen to that podcast. He's fantastic. And it's a two-hour chat with him. I might have to check it out at some point. But, yeah, if, if he was yeah. the CEO of the club or something, we we obviously couldn't we couldn't go much wrong or much worse than we already are. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. And just quickly on Rob's 3-2-1 for the girls there. Mm. I, I like his three and his two. Um, Whitfield and Apps, they were definitely the two standouts for me. But as for the one, I think you could have thrown any other number of the girls mm. up there. I I would be thinking um, you could give one to and uh, like uh, Emily Curtin, possibly. Um, it was another strong game by Ebony Pryor. Um, I really liked a lot of Eliza Cialata's work, especially after she came back from her early HIA. And even Lutu from her minimal game time was quite strong. Hmm. And just to confirm, Kezi Apps is 32. 32. So born... She turns, thir- she turns 33 February next year. So she's a 90, 90, 91, 91. 91. The year older than you. Um, two, years, two years older than me. Thank you. Two years. Oh, you're 93. <laughs> 91, 93. 93 Great, yeah. Mass. Um, <laughs> uh, forgot, forgot about... Shane's uh, rant, Shane Coet, our Benji Marshall tier Patreon. He's in the comments too. Sorry, before uh, a good 20 minutes out of 80 again, not good enough. My question tonight is to our NRLW correspondent. As like I mentioned, I've never taken a real interest in this side of football. I heard in the commentary in the weekend they are uh, a throw together side. I take it then not was a lot, not a lot was expected of them this year. Where do they sit compared to the better sides? Who are the better sides? P.S. Only 32 more sleeps. I don't have to see Brooks and his mate in a West Tigers jersey ever again. Um, yeah, I mean, throw together, not really. I mean, obviously, a few players have come in, but the NRL, how much of the Harvey Norman grand final winning side has come through? Um, Off the top of my head, uh. Of the juniors, because obviously Kezi um, isn't one of our like juniors or whatever, but she was a part of that NRLW, mm. uh, not the NRLW, the Telstra Women's Telstra Premiership winning team. Um, as for the younger players, the juniors, the local juniors and stuff, um, I think maybe about 10, 12 members of the squad were a part of that team. Yeah. Um, I think the main issue that people had with our side going into the preseason, like a lot of the expert preview predictors and stuff like that were basically saying like, we're a very inexperienced team when it comes to NRLW. Like a Mm. lot of those juniors hadn't played a game. Um, We had, I think what, seven club debutantes um, in round one. And I think out of those seven, five of them were NRLW on NRLW debut as well. Um, I, yeah, I wouldn't say it was a completely thrown together side, but it is a lot of juniors and stuff like that. As for the better sides, uh, the top three premiership favourites from, a, I guess, a betting standpoint going into the pre- going into the season were the Roosters at number one, the Broncos at number two, and the Sharks at number three, probably because of all the star power they've got. Mm. Um, we've come into it a little bit more now in that regard so we're obviously some people are start, starting to take a little bit more notice of us um i think the titans as well are going a little bit under the radar with their two wins obviously they beat one of the expansion sides in their debut game 
um, in the Cowboys in the first round, and they had a really strong field goal, a golden point win against the Broncos this week. So I think people might be sleeping on the Titans a little bit. Um, I think you might be able to throw us in as a potential smoky for the finals now, but the Knights are one, the other good team. I forgot that is still up there. They are another one of the favorites being the defending premiers. Yeah. But given the fact that um, all four expansion teams now have a win, um, the only two teams that are winless are the three-time premiers, the Broncos and the defend, well, not really defending, but the last season's, um, grand final runners up in the eels the comp seems to be fairly even which i think is a i hmm. think that's a really really good sign of course um, yeah. there's, a, there's a good smattering of like the, the star players across all the teams you've got teams like the roosters who like in the men's are star power galore um you look at some of the names on their team sheet and you're wondering how they're not two and oh with a differential of like 60 but um yeah it's it's going to be a good rest of the season. It's a it's a nine round season, so there's still seven rounds to go. Every team plays each other once, um, and it's a top four finals. So first we'll play fourth, uh, second we'll play third, and the two winners of those two games will face off. Oh, so it's just on one semi. So, yeah, can... so it's literally hmm. nine weeks of competition, a semi, and then a grand or two semis, and then a grand final. So I'm just looking at Ben. The Roosters are still two dollar forty favorites to win it. We're eight dollar fifty. Uh, tied fourth, so that um, is that's... quite impressive. Considering pre-game this week, we were fifteen dollars. Mm. We were seventeen. We were... My brother got on us at seventeen to one to win it. Yeah, so. we were 17, 17 into fifteen, and now into eight fifty. So I think a lot of people have taken notice after that win. Mm. The Eels are forty-six. Yeah, to... they're, they're in trouble. They're in deep mm. doo doo. Um, they might come a little bit good once um, Rachel Pearson, their halfback, comes back, but uh, they're, they're, they'll still be in trouble and I think probably a little bit too far away considering in a 10-team comp to finish in the top four, you're probably going to need to win six games at least, maybe five, and have a really strong differential. So, hmm. Man, I'm going to lose you to the uh, Daily Telegraph or something. That was brilliant. Well done. <laughs> Uh, Righto, we'll be back on Wednesday night to preview the Raiders doubleheader. So the girls and the guys playing back to back. And um, yeah, so YouTube and Facebook, if you're listening to this uh, on audio after the fact, um, yeah, if you want to join us live. Wednesday, 8.30, there might be uh, cricket and soccer to distract us. The girls are up 3-0, looking pretty good for the... uh, I was about to say Socceroos, the uh, Matildas. So, yeah, go go, you girls. Go the Aussies and the cricket. And um, we'll speak to you all on Wednesday. Anything to finish off with, As, before we say goodnight to Big Dog? No, that pretty much covers it. Looking forward to previewing a doubleheader. The first one for the girls getting to play before the men. Um, yeah, that should be a really good atmosphere for them. The Raiders did a Viking clap for their girls in their first home game last week so that'll be an awesome atmosphere uh yeah bring it on hmm. yeah it'd be th- interesting to see how the girls react with the an e- even bigger crowd so um can't wait go the girls that's it righto thanks everyone for joining us live uh yeah on the youtube and the facebook and love you all as always as go the tigers go the tigers mm-hmm.
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Please follow us at Westlife Pod on Instagram and Twitter and facebook.com forward slash Westlife Pod. You can also support and take part in the show at patreon.com forward slash Westlife and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another episode of the Westlife Podcast. Thank <laughs> you.